Hey, hey, my friend, welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Thank you so much for listening. I'm so glad you're here. And I can pretty much guarantee that your day is about to get at least a little bit better as you listen to my interview with Josh Kachadorian. Now, this guy knows how to talk to men. He is just incredibly well-rounded and, you know, just one of those dudes who just seems to have his life in order, like finances, fitness, faith, family, career. He's just, he's very well put together, but he's incredibly articulate, very relatable, and has a really powerful message. And so in today's podcast, uh, we kind of cover the whole gamut. We talk about a bunch of different stuff, uh, and I won't I won't spoil everything, but we talk a lot about healthy masculinity. We talk about the four pillars of a healthy man and what that looks like. And then we deep dive into some of the practicals and nuts and bolts of why men get stuck, you know, in, in how a man can kind of dig himself out if he's finding that he's stuck in a particular area that we cover today, like fitness or finances or whatever it may be. Uh, and we talked about a bunch of things in between as well. Uh, super rich interview. Josh is, is just a fountain of knowledge and has a lot to offer. And I know you guys are going to gain a lot from him. And I want to encourage you just, I'm going to mention it now and we'll obviously mention it in the podcast later on as well. Make sure that you go uh, go check out his stuff. He's got a lot of cool things going on. And I know that you guys will find a lot of value in what he does. The last thing I'm going to do is I'm just going to read his bio. I don't always do this for our guests, but I think this might help you just understand a little bit about where we're going with this today. Josh Kachadorian is a husband, father, leader, coach, and the author of the breakout bestseller, The Standard, Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity. He has spent the last 18 years ascending the corporate ladder in a Fortune 500 company where he focused on building high-performance teams and developing best-in-class leaders. He's the founder of Standard59.com, and he hosts a weekly podcast called Raising the Standard. Guys, without further ado, further ado? Whatever it is, <laughs> without further ado, here's my interview with Josh Kachadorian. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Perfect. Well, I'm here with my new friend, Josh Kachadorian, and you come in so highly regarded. I've been so impressed by your stuff, and I'm, I really am honored to have you on the show today. Welcome, man. So, Thea, I've been really excited to get to get on this episode, to talk to you, talk to your audience, and to to get to know you more. The work you're doing is incredible. It's so important. It's so needed right now that I just want to honor you for the sacrifice, the commitment you made to step through your testimony and share what you've went through so you can set other men free. So it's so important. Thank you for what you're doing. And thank you for having me on today. Oh, thanks. That's that's very, very kind. And I, I feel the same way about what you're doing. So necessary. You, you've really found a way, I think, to speak to men in a way that men get it. And you and I both know that's actually pretty difficult to do. And you're so captivating. We were talking before uh, we hit record here. And, uh, and I feel like everything you share, like there's just, there's so much depth to it. Maybe as a starting point, Josh, can you just tell us a little bit about why you become so passionate about helping kingdom men? Yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to the role of a man in the world, you know, if we go back, if we just start at Genesis, there's a mandate on all of our lives as men. 
You know, God calls us forward. He creates us in his image and he gives us this mandate to take dominion, to take dominion in life. First, it starts with taking dominion over the earth. And we have this beautiful picture of partnership with God. And obviously, a lot of your listeners are probably going to be familiar with the Genesis story, but man messes up, right? We we trespass, we fall into sin, we disobey God, and that sets off a cataclysmic chain of events where we're now separated from God. And we see that all throughout the Old Testament. But if I start at that original starting point, Sathya, we see that we were destined for dominion, that mm. man was created to rule and to reign in God's economy, in God's kingdom here on the earth. And that was forfeited. And that's that's the effect of sin. That's the effect of what we see with sin in the world. And that leads to broken families in present day. That leads to men being taken out of their leadership position. That leads to what you've been through in your life, men falling into vices and sedating themselves and medicating themselves to get away from their current reality because they're not being the leaders in life. But mm. God still has that original plan over a man. There's still a mandate on men to step forward into their leadership role. And there's many men that are Christian and non-Christians that have abandoned that place. They've abandoned that role of leadership. And that's what I'm passionate about. That's what I'm called to do is to call men back into their rightful position. And that starts with a relationship with the creator and then expanding your territory, first taking dominion over yourself so you can start to take dominion over your world and start to influence within your sphere of influence. Yeah, that's so good, man. So good. So you have uh, the, the framework that I at least want to start with is the standard 59. I think it's so brilliant the way you've crafted it and what it's offering. But before I get there, I guess, I guess I'm just curious, when you were growing up, did you have a lot of positive male figures in your life to kind of model this? Or is this something you had to kind of figure out from scratch? Yeah, it's a great, a great question. Because you know, I talk about this in the book, The Standard. I know we'll probably, we'll get into that, but we do have this crisis, right? Of like, where are our fathers? Yeah. And I was fortunate to grow up in a, in a great family. So my parents are together. They were together the whole time. They're still together. Um, so I've always had a believing, a praying mother, who's also part of my testimony, why I'm talking to you today. And I've also had a, a father who's a believer, has a strong faith, but growing up, it was really my mother who led me into the deeper things of the Lord, who, you know, did the flannel Bible stories on the flannel board with my brother and I, and like <laughs> got us in VBS. And my dad is a solid figure in my life. And growing up, you know, my dad was present, but he was working a lot. Um, so there's a period of time where my dad, my dad's a very hard worker. He's got a phenomenal work ethic. That's what I pick up from my dad, the values, um, integrity and character. But there were seasons in my life where um, he was working so much, but the Lord was so gracious because the Lord would bring in a youth group leader who was acting like a big brother to me. So there were some times where my dad was working a lot. It seemed to be there was another older man that the Lord brought into our life that would take us out somewhere. Um, I had camp counselors that I'm still like a camp counselor from when I'm a kid, I went to a Christian camp. Um, one of those counselors is still my best friend today. One of my best friends. And he drove wow. to spend time from Connecticut to New York, three hour drive, two and a half hour drive to take my brother and I out to ice cream when we were young. So we've always had hmm. strong influences. And then I would say even one step further, you know, 
growing up in church and being a part of a couple different churches, um, I was fortunate to be around strong pastors and strong men that were modeling biblical manhood and had strong men's ministries that I was able to sit under and also glean. So it's become part of my DNA to see strong men in different sectors and the way they walk out their call. That's so cool. Yeah. And, and, and amazing. It's amazing how God brought those different people into your lives. And, uh, and it shows for it, man, the, the man you become and the work that you're doing. Uh, you and I both have a, a conviction, which is that all men are, are leaders, but not necessarily all men actually lead. And I, I kind of got the feeling that that's what um, at least is undergirding some of your desire to get your message out there, certainly with the standard and all the work you're doing there. Why do you think it is that men are struggling to lead in our day and age? Because I kind of feel like um, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's been an age old issue to one extent, like you said, that whole not taking dominion. But I do feel like in our society today with, you know, the toxic masculinity stuff and sometimes a very effeminate Jesus that's presented in the church. And it feels like men are either not leading or we're kind of warping the whole definition of what leadership looks like. And sometimes it's biblical. And in my opinion, sometimes it's not. Uh, I don't know. What's your take on that? Maybe I'm off on this, but what, what's been your perception of it? And why do you think men are struggling to lead a little bit more in this day and age? Yeah, it's a super deep question. And it, it probably depends exactly on who we're talking about. We're talking about a Christian man, a normal man, because we're all True. products of, of our environment, right? So let's let's start with let's start with a guy who grew up in church. And this will apply to a lot of people, even if you don't have a super deep faith and you're listening to this. Uh, maybe you just grew up in church and you, you saw some things. We haven't always had the strongest models of manhood within church. And that goes back to the industrial age and kind of what happened with that pattern. And without getting into a history lesson here, let's just say that men left to go to work. And when they went to go to work, they left a gap in the church and more women filled it. And everything started catering to more of a feminized experience, which I think is going away for the most part, but it's still there in some churches. You can still find that. So it repels guys or there's still this, um, you know, this idea that if I walk into the church, I got to change who I am or I can't be myself or, you know, there might be some feminine language or songs or, you know, floral arrangements everywhere where you're like, <laughs> this is strange, you know? Okay. Um, and then maybe you don't connect with the pastor. Maybe he's, you know, not your, not your cup of tea, so to speak. So you end up with this, you know, this weird view of like Christians. Right. And I think when we think of most, when most people think of Christians, I think they think of nice guys, like, oh, they're nice guys, right? Like they don't rock the boat. They go along with things. And depending again, from your stream stereotypes, where you're at. And so what's that leave, a, leave, leave us to do it? We go to the other side and we're like, okay, well, who's going to be my model? Like, what should I look at if I'm trying to form leadership? And yeah. for guys like you and I, for guys that are listening to this podcast, you're, you're listening. I already know a couple of things about you. You're into your development. You want to get better in life. You're focused on growth. And so if that's you, you're what I call driven. And if you're driven, you're going to start looking at, well, what's another model? Maybe there's another voice I can find, or there's someone else I can follow. And then that can lead us into weird territory as well, because the world has taken leadership and they've taken some masculine elements, but sometimes they take them too far. You know, I started off our conversation talking about dominion, but dominion, if it's not, um, if it's not in its proper order, can very quickly turn into domination. So when I say that, I'm not mm. talking about dominating other people, stepping on people to get ahead. Um, or anything like that. So then masculinity can get a bad rap and it, it can be totally distorted if you don't have the right model. So 
what I've been focusing on and where I take men is what is the model for true masculinity? You know, growing up, you know, I was in the Arnold movies and Stallone <laughs> movies. And like, that was my thing. I guess the, you know, newer, newer, I guess my kids are going to grow up looking at the rock and stuff like that, but you got sure. your action heroes and you got all that stuff. So what is the true model? So that's where the book, the standard comes in. That's where my message about pointing men to Jesus as the standard for our masculinity. Wow. Okay. Got it. So, so tell us more. Tell, tell us what, what does that mean? What, what specifically um, about the life of Jesus is pointing towards that? Well, many people, when you think of Jesus, if we were to ask most people and I just said, Hey, give me a couple descriptors. What do you think about, what do you think about Jesus? When you think of him again, depending on your background, someone might say I'm stained glass picture. Someone else might say like a, a hippie wearing Birkenstocks kind of like walking across <laughs> the wilderness. Um, I don't know. I saw a movie once and I thought that's what it was, or maybe now people are thinking more the chosen, which is a cooler Jesus. But um, most people sure. would say like son of God, like King of Kings, right? Lord of Lords. And we put Jesus in this place of Lord, which he absolutely is. But in doing that, sometimes we bypass. And I found that many men are bypassing that he was also completely human, 100% God mm. and 100% man at the same time. So mm. he limits his divinity as he steps into humanity. And his favorite self-descriptor, actually, if you look through all the gospels, it's mentioned over 80 times, is he's referred to as the son of man. So he doesn't take the title son of God. He takes the title son of man where he's identifying with us in our humanity. So if we take that a little bit further and we can start to see that. And I really love this, Sathya, is that we can look at his life, which is really interesting from his birth to his baptism. Those are kind of the lost years. We don't have a lot of documentation there. Right. But when you think about it, Jesus went to work, right? Jesus had to punch the clock for 30 years. He was in a season of obscurity around 30 years, you know, from the time of his birth and then working a normal job, a blue collar job, mm. developing himself there, getting ready for the timing of his father when he would say, now's the time to step into your mission. And then working with, with roughneck guys, like guys from the fishing industry, some white collar guys, some blue collar guys. So all sorts of different walks of life where he can identify, he can relate to the human condition on every level, except he never sins. Right. Right. Okay. So is that the, is that what the standard is or what? Tell, tell us a little bit about the the framework you've created here, the, the standard itself. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, at the beginning of the book, what I'll do is I'll set that up in a little bit more detail. We'll talk about some of the present issues we talked about, you know, where are we as a society, right? We've been, we're missing fathers, even if they are present, many are checked out, they're on their phones right now, or they're watching the game. Then we yeah. have the whole, you know, the whole idea of church and guys can't always connect with that because of some of the past issues. Um, so what I do in the standard is I take a deep dive into six dimensions in the life of Jesus that I believe every man has to have present in their life. Mm. And it goes back to your original question, because you asked me about leadership. And the first place we start is we start with self-leadership, which I call mm. self-mastery, that Jesus learned to lead himself as a man. And he was mm. doing this for all the time leading up before he steps into ministry. And then also while he's in ministry. So we see this theme that Jesus is disciplined. Jesus lives a life of restraint. Jesus knows how to control his spirit. He knows how to submit to the will of his father. He knows how to wait. He knows how to exhibit diligence. And we break these down. It's very short chapters because, um, 
really gives you a sense of accomplishment when you read it. So we got these six <laughs> books within these books, but really short chapters. So if I get into it, it might be, hey, today I'm reading Jesus is a Man of Discipline. And then there's a little coaching section after that where we'll talk about what's that, what's that look like for you? How can you apply this into your life and model what Jesus is modeling for us? Yeah, that's really good. Really, really good. And it and it is amazing if you do actually look at the story of Jesus and look beyond just the teachings and the word he's words he's saying, but the actual character he possesses in some of these stories. There there are remarkable treasures like this, like like the self mastery. I think that's such a cool example. Can you tell us what some of the other dimensions are? Yeah, yeah. And I wanna you said something really important, Sophia, which I want to touch on because yeah. the reason and kind of the catalyst for this book, I, I told you a little bit of my background, but for those of you that don't know, you know, my what I do for a living, I actually work in the real world. I have a I have a job in corporate. I work for a Fortune 500 company. I've been blessed to hold six different positions, ascending leadership, coaching, hiring, developing high performers, running sales teams. Um, so I've had that whole backdrop for the past 18 years or so. When I sat down and I started reading the Gospels back in 2016, I was taking a fresh look. I was just reading with a fresh lens. And this time, Sathya, it was different because of my experience in life. I wasn't just reading the words of Jesus, although they're really important and powerful. I was starting to see the background. Why was Jesus doing what he was doing? Why did he say it that way? Look at the way he's leading his team. Wow, look at the type of leader he is. He's building his, the way he builds his team. And I, I'm looking at all these methods, not just what he's saying. I'm looking at the context and where we are in history and looking at the story. And that's really what birthed the standard is pointing out the methods of Jesus more than just the words. And the words are in the book as well, but looking yeah. at why does he do what he does? And yes. so that leads us from self-leadership where that's a lot of observation, right? He's not always sitting down. He's giving a John Maxwell leadership seminar, but he's <laughs> modeling servant leadership and he's showing you what that looks like against the backdrop of what century century one leadership would have looked like, which is lording over people and yeah. occupation with a, a military edge, quite different than the way Jesus shows up. Um, so we do go into self-mastery. First, we start with there, how to lead yourself, what those qualities, what those characteristics look like. And then from there, the second part of the book, um, we get into leadership, the way Jesus built, builds his team, the way he builds leadership in others. And he mm -hmm. cultivates those qualities in those that follow him because he's going to take 12 guys from obscurity and then he's going to pour into them. He's going to be organizational with the way he sends them out, the way he trains them, mentors them, disciples them. And then these 12 men are going to change the world actually yeah. 11, right? And right. that's going to go in. And we see all sorts of leadership models from like an inner circle of three to his core team of 12 to an extended team of 70. And eventually it will get to 120 at the day of Pentecost. Mm, that's so good. It's so good. So self-mastery, leadership, and I know you. I know there's a bunch and we'll make sure that people have a link to, to access the book because I think um, these frameworks are going to be super helpful. I, I did see, and I don't know if this is part of the book or maybe it's just more part of your messaging, but um, but I noticed that there are four areas in particular where you really believe that men in this day and age are called to raise their standard. I think it's faith, fitness, family, and finance, I think is the fourth one. And I'm wondering if you can comment a little bit about that uh, for maybe a guy who is hearing this and saying, you know, Josh, I know that there are areas in my life that are suffering and I'm not living up to the standards that I know Jesus has set for me, whether it's in self-mastery and leadership, or maybe it's more some of these, these areas that I'm mentioning right now. Um, 
Can you talk a little bit about them and, and maybe give some advice for someone who needs to start elevating their standard? Sure. Yeah, it's a great question, Sathya. Thank you for it. Um, you know, everything for me starts with faith because we're really talking about the call on your life right now, if you're listening, is that God has a mandate over your life. He has a calling for you, a specific assignment. There's a sphere of influence that you have right now as you're listening to this. And God wants that to grow. And he wants you to become the man that he called you to be. So think about it this way. You have this enormous amount of potential, but just because an object, a person or something carries potential doesn't mean that potential gets released until it meets its purpose and until there's an action. You know, mm -hmm. I can take a rock to the top of the hill, like right back to, well, I don't know what it is, fifth grade, fifth grade science, right? But until I let go of it and let it go down the hill, it's not going to really equal any kind of energy or force or momentum. So that's how many men are right now. Maybe you feel like you're listening to this and you're like, I feel like I have a call in my life. I feel like there's something over me for more, but I'm just not sure what it is. Well, you need to learn how to step into your potential. And that always starts in the spiritual realm. So the core message first and foremost will always be what's it look like to follow Jesus? You know, when he called men in century one, he said, follow me. And that's not the same as following someone on social media. That meant they would walk the same path as him, right? They would, there was actually a saying that they would eat the dust of the rabbi. Like they'd walk so close. They could like, they would walk in his dust. So right. what does that look like? And that's really where we get into that depth in the book, the standard. So if you want to go deeper in your faith, you want to make it practical, you want to find out how to walk this out, then that, that's definitely for you. In terms of family, you know, it's all encompassing in leadership because there's different levels to leadership. Um, everyone wants to be a leader, right? But leadership first starts with always learning how to lead yourself. So it always starts with self-leadership. When you can lead yourself, which is what you're doing and you're equipping men to do, Sophia, when you can take dominion over yourself, then you're qualified to start to go into the next sphere of influence, which is leading your family. Now, if you're mm -hmm. single and you're listening to this, you should be preparing for leadership. You know, right. how am I going to be that man when I have the family? And then as you store these things well, you know, everything in the kingdom of God comes in seed form. So we stored it, yeah. which is basically we manage, we manage it well. And as we manage it, it multiplies. And then that expands our territory. And then how are you showing up at work? How are you showing up in your profession? How are you showing up in your career with your colleagues, with your friends, in your circle? And that's the next level of leadership where you start to exert influence on those around you. So it's always self-leadership first. Then it's leading your family and then it's leading where you are. Yeah, it's really good. So faith, obviously the centerpiece of all of this family, I mean, mission critical. And we know obviously as we move further in this life, family becomes more and more important. Uh, I think those are two things that our audience would hear a lot of. Uh, I'd love for you to comment on fitness and finances if you don't mind. Fitness is something that I've been trying to get some more people on talking in the podcast, but I would love to hear kind of your take on it and what it looks like for a man who's really elevating his standard in this area and the finance piece as well. I uh, would love to hear your in input there. Yeah, absolutely. So um, from a fitness perspective, you know, we have many scriptures for this. Um, we can actually see, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's verses in Romans where it talks about to offer our body as a living sacrifice. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, so, you know, I grew up in fitness. So I, I grew up, I competed in bodybuilding when I was young, you know, just turned 20 when I did my first show. Um, wow. so I just kind of grew up in the gym because I was very insecure. I was very thin, <laughs> right? Like most people who start and I wanted to put on size cause I thought it would make me feel better about myself. 
And so a lot of guys that are deep in the fitness have a similar pathway, like a similar origin story, but somewhere along the way, you know, what I find and why I think fitness is so important. Number one, um, if you want to accomplish anything in life, it's all about your energy management. So you will not mm. fulfill your call. You will not function at a high level in your family, for yourself, for others, in your career, if you don't learn how to manage your en energy. And right now, you know, we live in a day and age, like our, our food for the most part is, is really junk. Um, we're surrounded by chemicals and there's so many environmental factors we're fighting with, you know, endocrine, endocrine disrupting chemicals and EMF and all the stuff that's in the atmosphere that it's more important now to steward your health. So that's a command in Bible, in the Bible to honor your temple. Number one, um, yeah. number two, guys, you need an outlet. You need to find something that you put your energy into where you're developing yourself. So I have a lot of reasons why I like the gym. Now, when I talk about fitness, you don't have to work out. I have guys that I work with, they're, they're marathon runners or they're ultra marathon guys, or they're tough mutters, or, um, they do a different style of workout than me, but they're doing something. I have, I have some friends that are CrossFitters. I'm not a CrossFitter, but find what works for you to develop yeah. yourself. And it is going to boost your esteem. And it gives you these lessons because every lesson you need to walk in, you know, I'm going to use the gym for myself, but to go after fitness, to go after having a goal and then delaying gratification to get it, developing the discipline to go in when you feel like it. To, and to also show up and develop discipline on the days you don't. So I'm at a really cool stage of life right now, Sathya, because my son just, he's 12. Um, he turned 12 this year. And the gym rules at my gym is that once you're 12, you can come onto the gym floor. Come on. So we actually had a workout this morning. So I'm teaching him oh, nice. at a young age, um, you know, the benefits and also the discipline that's involved showing up when you don't want to go so far, he's super pumped and he's excited to be there every day with me. Yeah. Uh, but there's going to be a day where you don't feel like going and like, that's part of the method. That's what we do. So uh, I like fitness for so many reasons. Um, but the main one would be if I had one takeaway is that you need to steward your body. It's a command, but you also need to manage your energy level. That's so good. And stewardship obviously plays into the finance piece as well. And I wonder if you can talk about that because I think um, you and I are both in like very charismatic streams where there can be a little bit of a propensity to like, I'd say some of the teachings around finances are not great in our circles. And I think some of them are absolutely amazing. They've been life-changing for me. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about, you know, the, what stewardship looks like in that arena. Yeah. So we have, yeah, and I think that's that's the answer, right? It's stewardship. What's that look like? So let's just, let's call out the elephant in the room when you make that comment, right? There's some bad theology. Um, so I, I call it like, you know, there's definitely number one, there is a poverty mentality. A lot of us walk around with limiting beliefs. There's stuff attached to Christianity. There's weird stigmas that it, I'm supposed to take a vow of poverty or I'm supposed to be poor or, you know, Jesus didn't own anything. And there's obviously a biblical perspective that's more solid than that. So a lot of people get weird in Christian circles about money. So let's call out that, that one first. But yeah. then what happens is the pendulum swings from one side all the way to the other. Yes. And what you have on the other side is you go from a poverty mentality to what I call a lottery mentality. That, you know, <laughs> if God wants to break me through, he's just going to send me that mailbox money. Like, I'm just going to walk out one day <laughs> and like, there's going to be an envelope or I'm going to get a phone call. And like, I just got some inheritance that like just showed up somewhere. And yeah. let me say, I'm not opposed to that. I believe in the supernatural and I know there's phenomenal, amazing stories, but those are usually the exception, not the rule. If we yeah. look all through the book of Proverbs and we look at 
the commands for men, it's to work. It's to do your own work. It's to show up. It's to be diligent. It's what Jesus modeled, right? Going back to self-leadership, it's what he did from the time he was most likely 13 into the time he was 30. You know, a builder, a blue collar guy punching the clock, clock, producing an excellent product and offering awesome customer service on days he didn't feel like it, right? In his humanity, getting tired, getting frustrated because it's the same customer again, complaining about the same thing, whatever that might be. So, So somewhere in the middle, we have to find what's the truth here. And the truth is that God does want to prosper us. That's not the central focus. It first starts in the soul realm, that he wants to prosper you in your spirit. And we're called into this abundant life. But as an overflow of that, we're called to take territory in life. Um, We're called to be successful. When, When the Lord tells Joshua to go in and take the land, he said, everywhere your foot treads, I want you to take the land. And when you do this, and he gives him a list of things to do, you will have success. And so we can see that God's plan for us. And if we look through, if you read the Bible with that lens, you'll see that the Bible is a plan where the Lord gives us the rules for operating on the earth so we can be successful, so we can be established. That doesn't mean like, I don't want to, you know, that doesn't mean you got to follow the the most recent televangelist with the, the craziest things out there that turn people off, but you need wealth for what you're called to do. So I think right. the best definition I've ever heard of, you know, what is, what's prosperity? Define it. Is it a number? Is it like, well, what can I have? What can I have? What's that look like? Uh, and this is a, a definition from a friend of mine. It's the best one I've ever heard where it's enough for everything you need to do. It's provision for your vision. And that's going to be different for each man. If you mm-hmm. have a bigger vision, if you're called to something bigger, you're going to need more. And let's just not make it so spiritual. God wants you to enjoy yourself as well. You can take your family on vacation. You can have a vehicle. You can have your home. You can, you know, you, it says in Proverbs that a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. Children, yeah. So that, that's someone who walks in a level of wealth and that comes through diligence and that comes through, through stewardship. So I believe guys, you should be the best at what you do, regardless of where you find yourself right now. So I know we live in a day and age, Sathya, of like social media and all these promises and online marketers and like always looking and comparing ourselves to other people. Yeah. But there is no shortcut. You have to start everything in the kingdom starts small. So my challenge for anyone listening right now is where are you in life right now? How can you serve better? How can you be more diligent, more excellent? And let that be your promotion. And as you follow those principles of following the Lord with where you are, you'll see yourself unlocking promotion. At least that's what happened in my life. Um, I showed up and I did the best work I could. I honored the Lord with my work. And as I did, I started getting into the next door and then the next door opened. And then before you know it, people start coming to you and saying, okay, we want you to apply for this, or we think you'd be a good fit for this role. And I started to experience the promotion of the Lord, but it was because I exhibited the right behaviors and the right skill sets. And then that equaled really good performance. And that, and that opened up the door for promotion. Yeah, that's, it's so good. And that's a story that I think we need to hear again and again, especially in our kind of microwave instant gratification culture, just the importance of that process and how it often does take a, take time before you see that ROI or before you really see the fruit of your work. Uh, on, on the flip side, how does somebody know, Josh, if they're, they're on a, a dead end path? Because I, I know sometimes we've seen this even in, in when people do our program where 
they're very loyal to solutions of the past, things that they've done because someone they really trust is doing it or whatever. And I think sometimes people, people feel torn, like, you know, Josh, I'm being faithful. I know everything starts as a seed, like you're saying. It's not really bearing fruit, but I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to stay down this path or I don't want to quit this path. And then it finds, I turn out like I was actually supposed to stay on it and I missed out on a great opportunity. How do people know? Like, did you ever experience that in your own journey along the way? And how did you, how do you know when you should quit and, and change course and when you need to actually stay there? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And, um, and it deserves, it deserves an answer that kind of takes it from a few different, different perspectives. Cause the quick answer okay. could be, Hey, if it's not working for you, you need to stick with it and follow the process, right? Follow the process all the way through. So there, we have that side of the coin. And the other side is like, Hey, if it's not working for you, like go find something that does. So the answer for us, if we're really, if we're, if we're committed to following the Lord is where's the Lord leading us. And that's right. going to take that. You need to have a level of a prayer life to see where you feel peace and where you should go and where you should stay. So when Jesus says, follow me, we really do want to follow him. Where's he leading us? So I would start there first because I don't, you know, God uses a process in our lives. And part of that process is to refine us. It's, yeah. it's a period of surrender at times. It's a period of, of letting something go. And when you're in the process, you don't want to leave it if he's telling you to stay there. So it depends. Um, However, as a couple general rules, if we're talking, if we're talking about principles, if it's not working, you do need to reevaluate something, right? So if someone's following in your industry and with what you do, if someone's trying to white knuckle it and they can't get free and they're trying to break this habit in their life, which is devastating, and they've tried everything and it's not working and they just think they have to try harder. <clears throat> well, that's crazy. Get a coach right? Find someone who's been there, you yeah. know, find the grace they have on their life and hook up with their system, their testimony. So you can collapse time and save yourself a lot of pain and take the shortest path. Right. Yeah. So yeah. that would be the answer for someone there. If you find yourself in your profession and you're like, you're getting squeezed and it's uncomfortable, you need to find out like, Lord, am I supposed to stay here or can I leave? And yeah. let me give you one thing that I think could set people bring a level of freedom. A lot of times we think of the will of God, because this is really what we're getting to. Like, what's the will of God for my life? Like, what's the will of God for my job? What's the will of God for this next move? And we yeah. can really spin ourselves out of control there. So there's three levels of will, right? There's the, the, there's the acceptable will of God, the good will of God, and the perfect will of God. We see that in scripture. Hmm. And we always want the perfect, which I do too. But sometimes God's will, I want to reframe it for everyone, um, one of my mentors has taught me this, that we think of God's will as this one specific parking spot. Like yeah. we need to get there. <laughs> and if I'm not there, I'm outside of the will. Right. And hopefully this will set you free. Instead of that, think about the will of God as a parking lot. The parking lot has boundaries, but there's multiple spots in it. And some things, you know, God made you with the ability of free will and to have a choice. Sathya, I have a favorite color. Um, I have many preferences of what kind of food I like and where I like to go and, and all these different preferences that we carry. Right. And sometimes I believe God really cares about what you like. So he might say, do you want to do that? Is that what you want? You know, when he shows up to Solomon, he says, ask me for what you want. He doesn't tell him what to ask for. Yeah. He says, right. what do you want? So that's a question where we get to with the Lord, where he asks you, what do you want to do? And when we're walking with him, 
Um, we, we know that he gives us the desires of our heart. So he puts those desires within your heart. So if you feel a calling or you feel a desire to go after a certain industry, just check your motivation. Just make sure that you're submitted and you're not pushing too hard. I mean, yeah. every man will know here. I mean, Sathya, you probably know this. You've probably experienced it. I definitely have. Um, have you ever been in a place where you feel like you're just pushing and grinding and striving for something like out of season? Yeah. Oh, have you yeah. felt that? I've done that before for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And you're just like, you know, I, I think I'm pushing too hard or this, this door is not opening, or I just don't think the timings now there's no grace on this. And you kind of, you know, that, that should be something you pay attention to. You realize yeah. you're trying to get something out of season. Um, let me say one more thing about coaches is that I believe that every man should have a mentor, a board of advisors, um, people that they can go to, to help them make decisions. When I was younger, Cynthia, um, I remember I was like, you know, early college, there's a gentleman in my church. I really respected him um, for multiple reasons. And I chased him down and I said, I want to take you out to lunch. And I bought him lunch and I said, listen, you have something that I want. And um, I asked him formally, will you mentor me? I want to meet with you weekly. Um, lunch is on me. I want to pray with you. I want to learn from you. And I still have that relationship to this day. They don't all have to be lifelong relationships, but you yeah. need to have someone in your life that you can go to, to submit your plans to. So whenever I make a big decision where I'm going to move, what job I'm going to take, um, something that's going to have some major impact in my life, and sometimes the smaller ones, but definitely the bigger ones, I'm going to my personal board of advisors because Proverbs, again, King Solomon tells us in his wisdom that there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Yeah. Right. So I want to tap into the wisdom and the experience of others that have different perspectives other than mine, um, besides trying to find people that are just going to tell me what I want to hear and say, yeah, go for it when they're like, you know, be cautious about this or be careful with this. Yeah, for sure. I'm wondering if you can put on your prophetic lens for a minute and when you look to the future, Josh, you know, the next five to 10 years, what do you think are going to be some of the biggest challenges that men face to elevate their standards and to really achieve in some of the areas that we've been discussing? That's a deep question. You know, this is the, <laughs> this is, this is the way I look at it, Sophia. We can take it from, from, I'll answer it this way first. Number one, if we look at the pattern of men throughout history, it's very, very similar. So I would say on one side of the coin, humans are still humans. Men are still going to behave like men. Um, you know, in some of my research for the standard and just writing, I have this, I have this one chapter where I talk, it, it's pretty interesting, but I, 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 I explain how Jesus has a sense of humor. People may not, might not see that, but when you really get into the parables and the stories he tells, he sees that. And then in the coaching section after I talk about you know, be careful guys, because we've all been there. It's a thin line from, you know, having a good time to all of a sudden crossing that line. And we just got into, you know, an area of humor that was a little darker or went out of bounds. And we're like, ah, we took it too far. Right. And the same thing is happening in century one, the same thing in the Bible, you know, Paul's telling mm. people, you know, watch out guys. And there's specific examples don't take it too far and watch your language and be careful of course jesting is what it would say in the original language there. So we see these patterns, like men are still men, right? And even with what you do, when men are in pain, they look for an outlet of pleasure. Like even the children of Israel, when they're walking in bondage, right? They're in bondage in Egypt. And what happens in Egypt, 
they multiply. They have tons of children because they're in bondage. So they're seeking sexual pleasure. They're seeking outlets of how am I going to escape this? And they're just finding their own way to medicate and their own way to take care of themselves, whatever that looks like. So the patterns are always the same, like human desire is the same. So we always have to be careful and exhibit our self-leadership and have our boundaries in place to govern ourselves. But I think in this day and age um, with technology, with, with everything happening in the current environment, and we look at the next five years, what's happening in the government, what's happening with, you know, in where you are in Canada, what's happening here in the US, um, yeah. a crunch on freedom, uh, more religious persecution, more um, being tamped down to, to not raise your voice around certain issues. We're seeing that culture war happening. So I would tell any man listening that now's the time, if you've been straddling the fence or you've been thinking like, I know there's a couple of areas of my life I need to tighten up, or I really need to recommit to the Lord, or I need to surrender. Now's the time. Today's yeah. the day, because we're about to go into a season where I believe we're going to see the light getting brighter. I'm not forecasting a doom and gloom here, but yep. as the light gets brighter, the darkness gets darker. So there's going to be pockets. There's going to be places where God pours out his spirit, where he's moving. And there's going to be amazing things happening against the backdrop of probably some of the darkest times we've ever seen. So it's not a time to be on the fence. It's not a time to be dabbling with the world or playing around with something. If anyone here is dancing with any kind of indecision on their commitment, the way they're living their life, get it right right now, because we live in an urgent hour and there's work to be done and God has a calling on your life and it's time for us to raise up so we can lead our family, lead society yeah. and, the ch and change the culture around us. Oh man, so well said, Josh. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, I want to respect your time here, but this has been amazing. We'll put a link in the show notes uh, to the book. And then I know you you also, you had a, um, is it an email challenge or can you just tell tell people just, I guess, other ways that they could get in touch with you if they want to find out what you're up to? Yeah, awesome. Thank you for the opportunity. So anyone who's who wants to hear more about this message, you can check out the book. It's called The Standard, Discovering the Sta Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity. Um, that's where we'll go into we'll go into self-mastery, leadership, communication, um, EQ, empathy, confrontation. And lastly, oh, cool. we wrap up with Jesus's look at his life and how he exhibits love and everything he does. So that's the book. So that's there. We have a free Bible plan on the version app if you want to check that out. So the book's on Amazon. We'll drop the link. The best way to find out what I'm doing is you can just go to standard59.com. That's standard59.com. You can get the links to the book. You can follow me on social media. I'm at Kingdom Athlete is my um, is my handle. And the last thing you mentioned, Sathya, is I'm running a free challenge, completely free. It's called the Unfair Advantage Challenge because I believe every man in the kingdom has been given an unfair advantage in life. Mm. That's that call, that grace on your life to be promoted, to experience success, to be established in life. But many men don't know how to connect with this. And there is something you must, there's someone you must be. And there's also things you must do to fully unlock that unfair advantage that Jesus puts on your life. So that's what that challenge is about. It's 11 days. You get an email every day, totally free. You can check that out if you're interested. And I just want to honor you. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been it's been an honor to be here, to talk to your guys, see what you're doing and you're doing great work. So I just want to encourage you to keep it up because what you're doing is so needed. If any man's listening to this and you're on the fence or you're struggling with something, reach out to Sophia. He's the real deal. He's got an awesome background and you don't have to struggle alone. It's time for us to link up, connect with other people, not stay isolated, 
find our tribe so we can be set free and fulfill yeah. what God calls us to do. Yeah, come on. Thank you so much, Josh. That's really kind of you, man. We'll put links in the show notes to all uh, all the stuff that you mentioned, and we'll make sure that guys go check you out. In the meantime, man, we're cheering you on. Thanks so much for your time today. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Well, there you have it. Um, Josh is just amazing. Uh, amazing. Learned so much. I love that little conversation we had about self-mastery and self-leadership and Oh man, he just, some of those messages, they just speak to the heart. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. We are going to put links in the show notes to a couple of things. The website, standard59.com, the book, the, the book on Amazon, we'll put that. And then his unfair advantage email challenge seems to be really popular as well. So we'll put links to all that in the show notes. Guys, go check his stuff out. I know you're going to benefit from it. And if you were listening to this podcast, you're hearing us talk about self-mastery. You're hearing of us, uh, sorry, you're hearing us talk about, you know, energy management and, and just really stepping into everything that God's called you to be. But you know that you got this thing lingering over your head called porn addiction or some sort of sexual sin and that it's time to do something about it. Well, don't waste another minute. Uh, we set aside time every single week to speak with listeners of this podcast specifically because you guys have just meant the world to me. I want to make sure you guys get fair access to what we're offering. My program is called Deep Clean. We help men get to the roots of their issue and quit porn in 120 days or less. If you want to be part of what we're doing here or you want to at least see what we're about, there's a link in the show notes for you to book a call with our team. Uh, when you book that call, it's going to show you some videos that explain what we do a bit better anyway. But then on that call, you can obviously ask questions and we're going to ask you a bunch of questions as well to see if we can actually help you. Because if we can't help you, then we're not going to waste anybody's time. And if we can, then we'll talk a little bit more about what our program looks like and how you can participate. So link is in the show notes. I'd love to see you there. In the meantime, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have an amazing day. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's Sathya again. Thanks for listening to Unleash the Man Within. I wanted to take a quick moment to let you know about a free ebook that I wrote for you called The Ultimate Guide to Porn Recovery. It provides a basic framework for the recovery process and a few of my top tips completely free of charge. You can get it now at www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. That's www.ultimaterecoveryguide.com. Now, if you've been impacted by the podcast and you want to show some support in less than 60 seconds, there are three ways you can do that. First, you can leave a rating or review on your podcast platform. This lets people like you know that the content here is valuable. Secondly, you can share this episode with someone in your life that might benefit from the content. If you're passionate about helping other people experience freedom and success in their lives, this is one of the easiest ways to do that. And lastly, you can subscribe. I personally only listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. If you're seeking daily encouragement, guidance and insight in your recovery journey, I highly recommend subscribing to Unleash the Man Within. Thanks for listening. I look forward to connecting with you very, very soon. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast by Sathya Sam and his guests are for general information only and should not be considered medical, clinical, or any other form of professional advice. Any reliance on the information provided is done at your own risk.